This is The Converse, an apostolic tabernacle podcast all about sharing the truth of God's Word. In this podcast, you will hear sermons, panel discussions, and much more. If you would like more information about this ministry or would like to plan your visit, go to atwilmington.com. For now, enjoy your time on The Converse. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 8. Everybody say amen. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captive, Ahonam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue? Someone say, Shall I pursue? Shall I pursue after this troop, and shall I overtake them? And he answered, the Lord answered, Pursue, for thou shalt overtake them, and without fail recover all. One more scripture here, uh, same chapter, verse 17 and 18. And David struck them down from twilight until the evening of the next day, and not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who mounted camels and fled. David recovered all. David recovered all. We've already prayed and worship. Everything is in order. Let's go ahead. Let's just be seated, and we're going to get right to it. Pray. For me, uh, I've got some handwritten notes, and if anybody ever seen my handwriting, it's not good. After running from Saul many years, just to bring us up to where we're at, David got tired of running, and he partnered with Akish, king of Gath. Akish had given David some land for him and his family, or for his men and his family to dwell there, kind of out of the the chaos or the danger, so to speak, and David was found some peace there for a little while in Ziklag. And maybe David felt obligated to Kish and uh, for some reason or another, maybe because he'd given him land, but David agreed to fight alongside Kish against the nation of Israel. Uh, normally, uh, it was David's custom that before he went into battle, he would pray. He would ask God's protection, ask God's direction, so on and so forth, before he would go into battle. And, but not this time. Not this time. There's no record of David praying before he went into battle. There's no record of him seeking the face of God. And so here he is. He agreed to go into battle, and he left Ziklag. He left the place at, the, at that time was a, a safe place, a place where he, his wives and his, the, his men and their families could find some peace not have to be running and going from cave to cave to and fro. How many times in our lives have we committed 
to doing something without taking time to pray. Without thinking about what is God's will in all of this. And beyond that, if I do go, what are the repercussions if I go and it's not his will? It never turns out good. Anytime we try to do anything in life and we're going on our own thinking, our own understanding, so to speak, it's never good. We should always seek God first. Always seek God first. And David, in this situation, did not seek God. And we're going to get into all that took place. His men, just as his men were preparing to go into battle, someone noticed David and said, hold up, I know this guy. That's Saul's man. Why are we going into battle with Saul's man? Why are we going into this man? Didn't they say about David that David, that Saul has slain his thousands and David's his ten thousand? So they said they didn't trust David to go into battle with them. But Akish, he was, he was kind of upset because he had, you know, befriended David, or what, if you want to call it a friendship. I don't have the time to get into it. But he trusted David. But the other man didn't. He said, you need to send David back. Send him back. Send him back. Send him back to Ziklag. And up to this point, David, his men, I trusted his judgment, his leadership completely. Wherever David would go, his men would follow. When David went into battle, his men was there with him. And so when we got the word, he got the word that he was being sent away by Kish. It was really a non-issue, okay? You know, they don't trust us. Let's just go home. And, you know, if anybody's been in the military for any amount of time, if you, anytime you go away, I would imagine if the Bible doesn't explicitly say it, but I, if I was in a situation, I'd be happy. Let's just go home. We don't have to deploy. We don't have to, you know, we can go home and see our family, see our wives, see our children, and just have a good time. But that wasn't the case. The reality was that while they were away, the Amalekites came into Ziklag, and the Bible says they burned it to the ground. Now, I know this is about, you know, this, this is something I feel that, especially as men, women too, that you can, I can really, this really tugs at my heart. Because I can put myself in their shoes. You're away, you know, you're done with your, and I'm going to put in every, you know, language. You're done with your deployment. You spent your time overseas. You did your job, your duty, whatever. You're going home. Happy times. But while they were away, Ziklag was burned to the ground. And not only that, they took captive their wives, their sons, and their daughters. You see, David should have never left Ziklag. Doing so was not the will of God. And I want to tell someone, whenever you step outside of God's will and his direction, you and your family are vulnerable to every attack of the enemy. David, at a bare minimum, should have prayed first. How many times have we been guilty of not praying first? 
I had a situation I promised Pastor Grizzle. I said, whenever I bring something to you going forward, I'm going to pray first. Because sometimes we can think we're doing the right thing. We can think we're doing a good thing. But a good thing is not always a God thing. God has a timing. God has a way. God has a mode. God has a a way of doing things that we don't understand with our own human intellect. And you could have thought it through. You could have, you know, maybe you have intelligence and education and all these things, and you've been taught certain ways. But what is God's way? And we have to have the mind of Christ. That's where we get, that's why prayer is so important. Because praying gets your mind right. Praying puts you in the mode of the spirit so you can make the right choice and you can make the godly choice. Because how many times have we thought we were making the right choice it may have been, in, from a human perspective, it may have been the right choice, but it wasn't God's choice. But David stepped out in his own, I would say, in his flesh, so to speak. Let's use that word, that term. In his flesh. Stepped out. He moved on his own will and was now, anytime you move outside of the will of God, you're outside of the will of God. And that's a dangerous danger. Can, oh, my goodness. I know some witness. There's some, that's a dangerous place to be is outside of the will of God. You may think, listen, you may think I'm going kind of off script a little bit. Hallelujah. But may, woo, you may think you all got it all together. But if you're outside of God's will, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. So David... You know, the scripture talks about don't lean to your own understanding. But what? In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge God. But David was now operating in his own understanding, thinking he knows what's best. Or even worse, he knows what's better for himself than God. No, he knows better than God. We may not say we know better than God. Because that would be an abomination. But by our actions... I can get into that. We say we know, we act as if we know better than God. These men had trusted David. They looked up to David. They relied on David to make the right decisions. They just said, David, whatever you say, man, we're with you all the way. But now they come home. Imagine the range of emotions that they were feeling. Anger, disappointment, pain, confusion, helplessness. The Bible goes on to say that David and the people, these were men. These were real men. But the Bible says they wept till they had no more power to weep. That's how they felt. They were so out of it. They were just out of it. They were out of it. Their children, their wives, gone. 
And, I, and this is where it really connects to me because I don't know what it is of my time in the military, the way I was raised, or being on a, a, a bishop's leadership for 10 years. It's something about, I just, I hold men to a higher stand. I don't, I don't pray for me. But if you're a man, I don't, I, I'm sorry, I forgive me, y'all. If you're a man, as a man, your primary responsibility is to protect your family. Is to protect your family. So I'm thinking to myself, how I would have felt. I made it personal. Did I come home and my wife and my children are gone? I failed as a man, at least in my own. That's how I would picture it. But then, after all the, those emotions are gone, I turn to David. What did you do? I would turn to David. I don't know how y'all felt, but I mean, we can say these men, what, I'm not going to get into it, but the Bible says they were ready to stone him to death. They were ready to stone him. And I believe that it was at this moment that David got a revelation. Was quiet. It's time for men and women to take more seriously our duty and our responsibility to our children, to our family, and to our community. When was the last time you wept? over your lost children? When was the last time you, you wept over your lost loved ones? But David got a revelation. He came to his senses. Because when all this was going on, the Bible says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, he could have got mad at the man. He could have done all these, you know, there's a bunch of different things he could have did when he found out they, they were wanted to stone him. But the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. We understand in the Bible that it refer, he refers to David as a man after God's own heart. And I love that. It's always intriguing. What is it about David? And I just begin to think, not to put it all in, wrap it all up, but just a couple of things that I thought about. What makes David so special? And one of the things I believe is that David, at his core, was a praiser. He loved to praise God. He was a praiser. And I believe if you ever want to get right and you ever want to set yourself right, I believe it starts with praise. There's an old saying, when I think about the goodness of Jesus... And all that he's done for me, my soul cries hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. 
Thank God for saving me in my trouble. Thank God for saving me when I'm having difficulty. Thank God I'm going to praise him no matter what. I'm going to because he's worthy to be praised and he's always worthy to be praised. No matter where you find yourself at in life, God is worthy to be praised. In the face of pain, he's worthy. In the face of trouble, he's worthy. In the face of adversity, he's worthy. He's worthy worthy to be praised. And then he began to do the things he had done so many times before. He saw the face of God. He didn't want to, this time, he learned his lesson. I don't want to do anything without seeking God first. Sometimes God has to take us through these situations just to get our attention. Sometimes he has to allow us to fall flat on our face until we realize we need him. Lord, I need your direction. I need you to show me the way I should take. I need you to direct my path. I need you to lighten my path. I need you to show me what I need to do. I need you to show me where to go, what job to take, who to marry. Who, where, I, I need you to show me, Lord, because I don't want to. I've been there. I don't want to fall on my face again. And so he asked the question. First he told the priest, bring me the ephod. He had to get his posture right. Bring me the ephod. I've got to pray. I've got to inquire of the Lord. I've got to find out what God is saying. I got to hear from God this time. Shall I pursue? And you think about it. Our initial thought is, of course. But they were like, no, if you don't tell me to pursue, I'm not going to pursue. (laughs) Shall we pursue as a church? Shall we pursue the enemy and fight for our children? Shall we pursue and fight for our peace? Shall we pursue and fight for our joy? Shall we pursue and fight for our salvation? Shall we pursue? David just wanted to know, Lord, do I have your permission? Do I have your permission? And I like what it said. I want to go back here because the answer that God gave him was... So powerful. And the Lord told him in verse 8, he answered him, he said, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. What else made David a man after God's own heart was his faith. God gave him the word, and that's all he needed. God told him pursue, and that was all he needed. 
God gave him the answer to his prayer. And that was all he needed. All I needed to hear, Lord, was you say pursue, and I'm going to do it. But we don't want to just jump out there and think we can do things without God's direction. You see, David had a history with God. David had a testimony. This was the David when he was a little shepherd boy out attending his father's flocks. A lion and a bear came up to try to take the sheep. And the Bible said that David slew the lion and the bear. He had a testimony. He knew what God can do. This was David, that when the men of Israel, the men of Israel was shaking in their boots over an uncircumcised Philistine giant, this young boy David came up and said, what are you afraid of? Don't you know who your God is? Don't you know the God that we serve is mighty? Don't you know the God that we serve is able? Don't you know the God that we serve is able to do anything? Our God cannot fail. Don't you know who our God is? Don't you know who your God is? This was David when they tried to put on him, you know, the, the, the armor. You may be seated. The armor, you know, here come old, old fleshly Saul. Here, put this on. David said, I hadn't tried that. I don't need that. Give me five smooth stones, and I'll take care of this giant. I'll take care of this fill uncircumcised. This, this David had righteous indignation when the children of Israel, the men of Israel, were afraid and fearful. He knew that God was able to do it. So when God told him to pursue, David already had in his mind, oh, I know what this is going to look like. My God has given me the, the authorization. He's given me the commission. He's given me the per permission to go into the enemy's camp and take back my children and take back my wife and take back everything the enemy has stole and take back my joy and take back my peace and take back everything. But he had a testimony. He knew that God was able to do it. It's time. It's time to stop being fearful. Stop being afraid. Here we go. Sunday we had the prayer line and God was doing awesome things. And don't you know, listen, this is, listen, this is the Holy Ghost. Don't you know the enemy was looking back and like, uh-oh, oh, here they go. Here they go now. He's, the enemy was waiting for an opportunity. Don't you know the enemy was going to try to raise up his ugly head? But you got to be ready and understand that God is fighting your battle, that God is on your side. We're not afraid of the enemy. We're not afraid of the adversary. We're not afraid of the tricks of the enemy. We are not afraid. We shall pursue. We shall go into the enemy's camp. We shall fight the good fight of faith. The devil is a liar. He's defeated. He's under our feet. Come on, somebody pray to the Holy Ghost. Come down. We can't be afraid, church. We can't be afraid. It is a spiritual battle. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I said it is a spiritual battle. When was the, I want to ask the question. Maybe seated. When was the last time, I mean this with all my heart, when was the last time you got mad at the devil? Oh. When was the last time you got mad at the devil? 
Oh, you can't think. But Oh, forgive me, Pastor. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. See, I know when was the last time you got mad at your spouse. The last time you got mad at your coworker. The last time you got mad at whoever, whoever, it doesn't matter. I want to know when was the last time you got mad at the devil. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, through the pulling down of strong. It's not carnal. And I hate to burst your bubble. This fight that we're fighting, when you pursue, you won't pursue it with guns. You won't pursue it with knives. You won't pursue it with bullets. But you're going to pursue it on your knees. We're going to pursue it on our knees. Listen, and I know, listen, ooh, God, you got to get ready, understand what the enemy's trying to do, but understand what God's already done. He's already gotten us the victory. He's already gotten it for us. He's already won it. We're just walking in his authority. We're walking in his power. We're walking in his anointing. We're walking in his spirit, in the spirit of Almighty God. We're walking. I said it's in his power. What did David say? He said, you come with me. What did he say? You may be seated. We're about to go. Oh, God. He said, you come to me, hallelujah, with the sword and with the shield and with your armor and with this and with that. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. He is my rock. He is my savior. He is the one fighting the battle for me. Pursue, pursue. Pursue in the anointing. Pursue. Thank you for joining.